Welcome to the Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, a world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for new and returning homeschool parents seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello, and welcome to the Mystery of Home Education. Today, I'd like to step our toes into the world of history from a biblical worldview. In particular, I'd like to address when Bible history and world history meet face-to-face. Now, I came up with this title a few years ago for a workshop, which maybe some of you've heard before, because it touches on a pet peeve of mine and a problem in our educational system. The problem is that Bible history and world history are usually viewed as two entirely different subjects taught in two very different classrooms. Can you see them? If not, let me just help you visualize them. So picture yourself in a Sunday school classroom. What's on the wall there? Do you see a poster of Noah or a poster of King Tut? Well, the answer is Noah. He's almost always there in the youth hallway, you know, with animals and a rainbow in the sky. No, funny but not funny. We don't usually illustrate the mass destruction of mankind by the flood. Mm -mm, That doesn't make for soothing decor in a child's classroom. But what a shame we don't see King Tut there, too, who may have been influenced by the Exodus. I say that because his ancestors, they just might have observed the exodus of Moses. And in doing so, they might have chosen to be monotheistic for a time. Now, let's keep going. Is there a map on the wall of this Sunday school classroom? Probably. But is it of Alexander the Great's empire or the divided kingdom of Israel? It's probably Israel. It's always there in Sunday school, as it should be. We tend not to see Alexander the Great at church because he fell in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Oh, but I wish he was there too, because he was important in spreading the Greek language, which later helped spread the New Testament. Furthermore, the division of his empire fulfilled prophecy. Last, in your memory of Sunday school, picture yourself there. Was there a timeline around the room showing the prophets of the Old Testament or the order of the emperors of Rome. Well, I hope it's the prophets that you'll see. But I do wish those Roman emperors were there too, because they were guilty of persecuting the early church, which we read about in the New Testament letters of Paul. Okay, now shift gears with me. Imagine yourself in a traditional world history classroom, which many of us grew up in. I know I did. What's on the wall there? Do you see a poster of dinosaurs? Or do you see the Ten Commandments posted? Mm, My guess is dinosaurs. I mean, they are cool. I don't care how old you are. They're they're pretty cool. And as for the Ten Commandments, well, they've more or less been banned from the public classroom. Next, sitting in your world history classroom, is there a cool set of maps? You know, the kind that roll up like a window shade? Oh, I always wanted a whole set like that just for home. Never got it, but I sure wish I had. All right. So in this class on a map, are you going to find the Silk Road to China or a map of the city of Jerusalem at the time of Christ? 
Well, I think you'll find the Silk Road to China. Rightfully so. That whole story certainly helped bridge the East and the West and bring two hemispheres together. But I do wish there was a map of Jerusalem at the time of Christ hanging on the walls too, since the most important event in human history would occur on a hill just outside of the city. That was, of course, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. By the way, do you know why he died outside of the city gates? Well, in Deuteronomy 16.5, the Jews were instructed to offer their Passover sacrifice outside of their towns. Christ's death, of course, was a parallel to the death of the Passover lambs, and therefore he needed to be offered outside of the city. Well, final point of this mental exercise. Is there a family tree on the wall of this traditional history classroom? If so, is it of the Old Testament patriarchs? Or are you going to find a family tree of mythological Greek gods and goddesses? Oh, it's probably the Greek gods and goddesses who are glorified to this day. But what a shame we don't see those patriarchs and their wives and their 12 sons who would shape the Judeo-Christian values of many nations by the very law of God that they received. Well, friends, we've all seen classrooms like the two I just described. And with due respect to public school teachers and private school teachers and Sunday school teachers, these are good classrooms. Oh, I'm personally happy to see history taught anywhere, anytime. But I propose to make them better, that we push these classrooms together side by side. Let's knock out that wall that divides them. And could we please have one classroom under the same roof with all those posters, with all the maps, and with one timeline that wraps all the way around the room, putting Bible characters up with their famous world history contemporaries. Can you see this awesome classroom? Oh, I hope so, because this is the one that you and your students can build for your home or your co-op or your Sunday school. True story, I taught a fourth grade Sunday school class a few years ago, and believe me, when I hauled in my timeline every week, it had a lot more than Bible characters on it. We loaded it with all kinds of world history figures, and the kids loved it, because for those that hold to the Bible as God's inspired word, well, Bible history and ancient world history, they should never be divided. We could also call that having a biblical worldview of history, and that's simply recognizing God's hand in all history, and then interpreting it through the lens of absolute truth that's found in God's Word. Oh, can I hear an amen? All right, I admit I can't hear you, but I'll imagine that you're shouting it out with me, or at least nodding in agreement. Now, just for fun, Let's mentally build more of this integrated timeline that you can make at home or in a co-op. And I'm going to set this up kind of like a pretest, okay? So number one, if we had Joshua on a timeline, Joshua from the Old Testament, can you name someone from world history that lines up closely with him? Well, one answer is King Tut, who we just mentioned a bit ago. So the next time you see King Tut in a 
world history book, probably in that big golden mask. Think of Joshua. Okay, number two, how about Daniel? Who lines up with this famous guy from the Old Testament? Who in world history? Well, one answer is Aesop. Oh, I really like this one because I think most kids know something of Aesop's fables. They certainly may know the story of the tortoise and the hare. And to think that it was being composed and retold about the same time that Daniel was praying in the lion's den. I like that one. Okay, number three, how about Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? By the way, they lived about 500 BC. What world history figure lived near them? Well, one answer is Buddha, who lived about 563 BC. Now, he came out of India and claimed he was enlightened. He still has a following today, of course, though he never claimed to forgive sin or raise from the dead. Okay, what about Ezra, who lived about 467 BC? Now, he's the name of an Old Testament scribe and priest, and also one of the books of the Old Testament is named for him. Who lived near him in world history? One answer is Socrates, who lived about 469 BC. He was, of course, the famous Greek philosopher who taught through questions. Therefore, we have the Socratic method named for him. So yeah, the next time you flip through your Old Testament and see Ezra, picture Socrates. And five, last, what about Malachi, who lived about 400 BC, who is also the last book of the Old Testament? Who lived near him? One answer is Plato, who lived about 427 BC. He, of course, was the pupil of Socrates, who brought us so much in the way of Western thought. Okay, friends, I'm wondering, um, do you like this mental timeline? I know I do. I think it's pretty cool to see these side-by-side contemporaries. It helps me consider these Bible characters as more than just Bible people. You know, they're certainly not just a bedtime story. I think the names pulled together help to give me perspective and context. But what do you think are the benefits to lining up Bible history and world history on the same timeline. Do you think your students would like it? Well, I hope so. But to get you thinking, I have at least five benefits that I'll zip through to give you a little inspiration. So first, I believe historical facts, especially when they overlap with Bible stories, I think they help support the reliability and the veracity of the scriptures. Take, for example, the names of some of the kings of Assyria. These may sound funny to us, but there was Tiglath-Pileser, Shalmaneser, and Sargon. Do you know you can find their names in the Old Testament, but also in secular sources? In fact, they're on the internet. You can look them up, showing us that the Bible is full of verifiable information. Second, I do think the integration of Sacred stories and secular stories help strengthen our faith in the Bible because you know what? It is a great history book. Oh, consider the genealogies just for one thing, like those contained in Genesis and Luke. They give us lineages as far back as Adam. Only God could know history that far back. Third, I believe that seeing Bible history 
in the context of world events, just helps us see the sovereignty of God in the affairs of mankind. Here's an example. Though God allowed Judah to be taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, that was in 605 BC, we see 70 years later, as prophesied, that he returned the Jews to their homeland, but that was under Cyrus the Great of Persia. Yes, a king from Persia. Now, friends, if you didn't know, that's modern-day Iran. Ah, so yes, an Iranian freed the Jews from the Babylonian captivity. That was the work of God. Fourth, I feel when we broaden our children's education, as I'm describing here, well, we certainly are being good stewards of our resources and of the precious little time we have with our kids. Listen, as a retired homeschool mom, I can tell you, I'm happy to report that good stewardship of your time, your talent, and your teaching, it will reap years of reward. Yes, my homeschool days are behind me now, but I'm still seeing the fruit from the seeds I sowed. Ah, Keep going, homeschool parents. It is worth it. And fifth, I think seeing God's hand in history inspires us to hold on, to hold fast, and to have hope. Hope in God's ultimate plan for mankind and this grand story of redemption that it tells. Listen, were it not for the promises of the prophets, the grace of the gospel, and this hope we could have an everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord, well, I think it would be difficult to study world history at all. What meaning would it have apart from the gospel? Well, listen, as meaningful as maybe these benefits might be, or that timeline that we created in our minds just a bit ago, I believe we can do even better. Here's why. None of the world history figures that I mentioned earlier on that timeline are named in the Bible. Think about it. King Tut? Mm, No. Aesop? No. Buddha? No. Neither does the Bible mention Socrates or Plato, as famous as they may be. So while they are fascinating to see on a timeline, again, for context, I will admit that these world history figures, they did not intersect directly with their biblical contemporaries. That's probably why so often in studying them, we see them separated. But what if? What if I could provide you with at least five more names right out of secular history that are mentioned in the Bible? Would that encourage your faith in God's word even more? Or better yet, the faith of your students? Oh, I hope you're thinking yes, because I do have more in the event you're interested. You see, the title of this workshop is not When Bible History and World History Meet Side by Side, like these people I mentioned, but this presentation is When Bible History and World History Meet Face to Face, all because I do have five really good stories to demonstrate some very interesting intersections of the sacred and the secular. Let's just say that if you like the story of Cleopatra or the Battle of Marathon, well, you're going to like my five stories. Now, the good and the bad of what I have is that the details, they're really a little too much to convey in the rest of this podcast, at least without any visuals to go along with it. 
and it would make this podcast a little too long if I kept going. So I'm going to make a deal with you. If you'd like to sit down with your students and see what I've offered so far in video format, plus the five stories of those who met face-to-face on a timeline, I've got a workshop to help you finish what we started here with slides and charts for the more visual learner. I normally sell this MP4 workshop for $9.99, but I've got a coupon code to take off 50%. So for $4.99, you can sit down with your students and watch these stories come to life. There's a printable PDF worksheet and answer key that come with it. So if need be, count the lecture as a day of history, maybe for a day that you've fallen behind or you just need a break from your regular studies. To get your workshop, you can follow the link in our show notes, or if that's hard to see, just visit my website. Go to themysteryofhistory.com, go to the tab for our shop, and click workshops. Scroll down and you're looking for when Bible history and world history meet face-to-face. Now, when you choose it and put it in your cart, be sure to click the option for an MP4 that contains slides, not the MP3. To give you the best viewing, this code I'm going to give you will only work for the MP4. Now, the code is face-to-face. Let me spell that. You want that all lowercase, no spaces, just F-A-C-E-T-O-F-A-C-E, face-to-face. Now, this discount code will only be good for a season, so be sure to use it before May 31st. Well, I want to thank you. Thank you for joining me for the Mystery of Home Education. I hope you are inspired and encouraged to teach world history from a biblical worldview. You know, the last I checked, our world, it is in great need of seeing God's hand in history. So please don't miss the offer for that MP4. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to The Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on Linda's award-winning history program, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.